Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. So I'm pretty sure I did at least two, if not three, uh, opening day roster projections over at Red Reporter this spring. Um, I, I know for a fact on none of them I had Jason Vosler included. I'm pretty sure for the first one I wasn't even sure he was in camp. Um, I'm pretty sure for the second one I knew he was in camp, but I had to look out why he why he was in camp, where he came from, how the Reds managed to pluck him. Um but I certainly didn't have him in the mix. I had him uh, below Chad Pinder on the veteran utility man uh, depth chart, I guess. Um, but some strategically timed injuries late in spring and the fact that Joey Votto wasn't going to be ready for opening day suddenly opened a window for another potentially versatile left-handed bat to get a roster spot with the Reds come opening day. And, Vazer took that, and he hasn't just seized it. He's kind of become the next uh, great diamond in the rough left-handed hitter for the Cincinnati Reds to start a season, which is something that's kind of become a little bit of a trend over the last couple of years. Um, you know, obviously going back to Scooter Jeanette and the Reds kind of getting him off waivers from the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, Derek Dietrich kind of fit that role for a little while as well. Even Tyler Naquin, former first-round pick for Cleveland, showed up in camp and, and started hitting some home runs and, and stayed healthier than they ever had for Cleveland. It became a little bit of a diamond in the rough signing by the Reds also. So um, here we are, five games in to the Cincinnati Reds 2023 season, 
And Jason Vosler is not just the talk of the dugout. He's pretty much the leader of the team in most statistical categories at this point. And a big reason why the Reds have won more games than they've lost so far. So uh, we're going to touch on what's been good in the Cincinnati Reds uh, world for the first week of this season, which has been surprisingly positive after uh, such a miserable season last year. And given where expectations were for this season, we weren't exactly sure where things were going to go or how quickly they would get there. So we're going to break that down here on Walks Will Hunt. I'm Wick. I'm your host, uh, joined by BK as always. Um, DK, nope. where, did, where, where did you first learn about Jason Vosler and how were your expectations for him coming into this 2023 season? I first learned about Jason Vosler on opening day when he made the roster and was uh, in the starting lineup at first base. Good for Jason. Good for Jason. Yes. Right. I, I saw I saw JV uh, initials at first base for the Reds and I figured out, well, okay, that's the that same guy we always uh, had. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, he, hey, if he continues to hit like Joey Votto uh, the rest of the season, um, I think we'll, uh, we'll take it. So there's, there's one little added tidbit of this that I really think it's worth mentioning um, because of the just, I don't even know what the, what the adverb or adjective is I'm looking here to describe the number of transactions in major, major ways that the Seattle Mariners and Cincinnati Reds have been involved in over the last calendar year. The number of players they have shipped back and forth across the country with big contracts and big prospects as and all that other stuff. Um, Jason Bosser signed as a free agent with the Seattle Mariners on January 18th of this year and was released 10 days later before spring training ever happened. So because the Seattle Mariners said Jason Bosser did not fit in our plans, either as a lefty bat or as a third base option, um, both of which at times have been occupied by Jesse Winker and Eugenio Suarez on their depth chart of the last calendar year. Um, he fell to the Reds. He literally fell in the Reds' lap, who signed him to a minor league contract on February 1st of this year. So right. uh, for, for all the things Seattle's given the Reds, like is Jason yeah. Vosner really going to be like one of the biggest pieces? I, I guess I guess that counts, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, and it's really, you know, the Reds probably, you know, just needed a couple more warm bodies in camp at that point, you know, just to just to kind of get get innings and get, you know, <laughs> take, take playing time. Um and, you know, look at what happened and, you know, it's all credit to him and, um, you know, let's hope he can keep it going. Yeah. So he was drafted as a shortstop out of uh, Northeastern University. Um, third base has been his primary position in the big leagues. He's uh, let's see here. He has started 39 games at third base in his tenure between the, well, I guess all with the San Francisco Giants. He's been between the Cubs and the Giants and the Mariners before he got to the Reds. He's 29 years old, going on 30. Um, and the Reds have asked him to play a lot of first base. Uh, and it looks like if everything goes to plan and Joey Votto gets back into the mix at some point soon, we'll talk about that in a little bit, um, he might end up getting moved and playing a little bit in left field, right field, wherever the heck the Reds can find a way to get him into the lineup. Because um, what he's done so far this week has not only shown that uh, when he's hot, he can hit big league pitching, but his versatility is something I think is going to fit this Reds roster very, very well, considering how much David Bell wants to move and shake and mix and match and play matchups and play platoons and everything else. And um, his left-handed bat looks like it's fit the the bill for that. And let's be honest here. You know, we're talking in absurdly small sample sizes here. He's had 15 plate appearances. And unlike the other JV and the Reds uh, organization has not walked yet. Um, but, it's not like he's been <laughs> god awful everywhere else before. He had a small sample also last year with San Francisco, played in 36 games, got 111 plate appearances, uh, slug 469, had an 812 OPS, like wasn't 
bad there either. Yeah. Yeah. So it's serviceable. And maybe. especially, you know, what you're looking for for a bench bat, you know, I, th- I think that that fits the bill. Yeah. So it's looking more and more like he might be that other piece that we all kind of overlooked and um, is not is not Chad Pender. So, (laughs) yeah, I think everybody wins in that case. Yeah, I think so. So, Except for Chad um, Pender. Except for Chad Pender. Yes. uh, Very, very true. So three and two Cincinnati Reds. Um, You know, Vosler's obviously been the the, the standout performer, not just because of his his stats in this tiny sample we're talking about, but big hits too. You know, he's got a couple, he's got three home runs. He had the, uh, uh, the come off the bench appearance when Jose Barrero um, tweaked his hamstring and pinch ran and stayed in the game, hit a big 300 run home run to beat the Cubs, the team that drafted him. Um, you know, he's, he's certainly been the, the brightest unexpected bright spot in Cincinnati Reds camp so far, but definitely not the only reason why the Reds are three and two. And um, up until a bullpen implosion in their most recent game looked like they were very much in the mix to potentially be four and one. Um, there've been some other good performances in camp. Like that's, you know, for the most part, the Reds have looked like a pretty damn decent team so far, despite the fact that there were little little to no expectations and uh, not a whole lot of proven experience to let us think that this is something we should be expecting. Um, right. who, who, who else? Let's just let's just kick this off. Who else has looked yeah. good for you so far for the Reds? Um, I mean, you know, I, I think that you're. Just to go back to your point uh, just now, like I, I think that the lack of expectations has been huge. You know, just you're not really expecting anything from this group and seeing the kind of camaraderie that they've come in with, you know, it looks like they're having fun playing baseball. And, yeah. you know, it just, I, I mean, when was the last time we saw a Reds team that you could say that about, right? Um, you know, it, it just, you know, they're not grinding. They're not, you know, they're, they're playing for each other. They're, you know, it's really a lot of real positive vibes in the clubhouse and, um, you know, in the dugout after a home run, they got the new, you know, Viking celebration, which, which is great. Um, but you know, it's, it's really, I, I just think that with this lack of expectations, you see guys like Spencer Steer come up and, you know, guy with, you know, a good minor league track record came up and looked good last year. We, we talked about him last week, but um, you know, it was really looked, looked apart a little bit. Um, and TJ Friedel, you know, great. Like yes. he's having a great, you know, start to his season, Jake Fraley, you know, we, we kind of uh, balked when we saw that he was batting third in the lineup um, on opening day and, you know, Hey, he's looking pretty good now. So, you know, I think we take him. So, um, you know, I think there's, there are bright spots, you know, kind of all around this roster um, on the offensive side. And then even on the defense or on the pitching side, you know, you really have um, the big three have looked like the big three. And that was kind of something that we were looking at, you know, between the, between the three of them, they're at 17 and a third innings, three or five earned runs. Um, I think, you know, we would take that at this point. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, you know, um, yeah, I, I think, I think we'll, we'll take that. And, you know, with the, uh, you know, I think that we have the, the bullpen has been, you know, obviously pretty bad. It's been the bullpen. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it's been what, what they, what they expected, right. It's, I mean, it's been what they built. 
And so I, I think that that kind of puts a damper on it, but you do have some arms that are um, kind of showing themselves in the bullpen. You have, you know, Derek laws pitched three and a third and hasn't given up a run yet. Um, you know, Alexis Diaz looks every bit of the closer that he was kind of thrust into uh, last year. Um, Alex young has been a great surprise uh, from the left side. So, you know, it, you know, I, I think that there are spots all over the place and, and these are, you know, generally guys that, you know, are cast offs, right? These are guys that, you know, Derek lost 32 and Alex Young's 29, you know, the guys that, um, that didn't get a shot with other organizations this year and are really making the most of, of this Reds roster and kind of where this Reds team is. So I think it's great to see. Yeah, for sure. You know, you, you mentioned the kind of the camaraderie within the dugout right now. And, you know, obviously there are so many homegrown players that are kind of occupying key spots with the Reds. Uh, we talked about the big three in the rotation. You know, Jonathan India has looked tremendous. He's looked every bit the guy who was a four-win player and won the National League Rookie of the Year at second base. Um, you know, for all the Jason Vosers out there, there are the the Indians, the Friedels, the Stevensons, the Barreros, uh, uh, guys who kind of came up in the system with Hunter Green and Lodolo and Ashcraft. And, you know, when you mentioned the camaraderie thing, what, what popped in my head was that so much of what has been Red's rebuild seasons over the past couple of years has been um, some kind of makeshift pieces occupying spots while they wait for the pieces that are obviously going to get moved to get moved and see where things go from there. And last year was so much that, you know, like everybody and, and their brother knew that Luis Castillo and Tyler Malley and Sonny Gray were going to be gone, much like they they right. realized quickly that Eugenio uh, Suarez was going to be gone. I'm not sure anybody realized Jesse Winker was going to be gone. Um, but the big right. pieces you knew were going to get moved. Mike Rostaka, Shogu Akiyama, everybody knew that was going to have to get solved. And while you sit around right. and wait for that, it's hard to have that many pieces in a roster that's rebuilding and have any sort of like long-term look towards the future aspect to it when there's that many pieces that are just waiting to get offloaded. Right. There weren't any of that. Yeah. There are there are none. Of that. I, I mean, I, I can't even think of one. I mean, Joe, Joey Votto's the one, and he's not even there right, right now. He's he's rehabbing Louisville. So right. But even then, you know, I I still think you know I don't really foresee him getting moved, even if he, you know, really comes out and is hitting and all that stuff. Like I I just I it just it's so weird to me to think of the Reds ever trading Joey Votto. Yeah. And not um, to imply that they, they would trade him, but he's the one piece that doesn't seem like he's going to be around necessarily right. beyond this year. Um, right. But even then he's looked at as an icon. He's looked at as right. a bit he, He's kind of the elder statesman and is kind of, you know, passing the torch. It feels he's like not, he's, not, he's not, he's not spot, you know, right. he's got his yeah. spot. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. And so it's cool to see that. Cause I feel like that's definitely a vibe that, that they are, they are taking and running with, um, which has been super, super cool. And, you know, I, I hope that's something that can kind of, that, that, that permeates the rest of this, this schedule and this season beyond the fact that, you know, we, we kind of have to mention the obvious um, it's been five games at home in great American ballpark with everybody healthy against the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Chicago Cubs, neither one of whom I anticipate being significantly good this year. I actually, I, I'm pretty sure one of my dumb predictions this year, I picked the Reds to finish better than the Cubs uh, in the NL Central standings this year, while also picking the Reds to win seventy-two to seventy-three games. So um, this is not yeah. this has not been the juggernaut start. I don't to think the that's a, yeah. I don't think the hot, that's that hot of a take. 
<laughs> yeah, they, yeah, they ha- they haven't been on the Some road. Of these are going to be really bad, bad. And you yeah, know, you, you have the home crowd. You have opening day. Um, you know, obviously the nice weather with that, um, you know, some, some nice weather, uh, you know, Monday night, which was, which was really great. Um, you know, I think that, you know, there are still lots of good vibes with this, with this club and with the kind of home atmosphere. And, you know, I think that I, you know, I, I don't know if I necessarily expected the Reds to be in this position at this point and, yeah, you know, if if they go on a road trip and go, you know, one in five, um, you know, maybe maybe that changes at the park and maybe things are a little a little bit different. But, you know, at the same time, I, I think that this city is ready to just kind of ride this and, you know, with all of the the kind of positive energy around sports in this city, it's you know, it's right there for the Reds to take advantage of and you know, I think the one thing that, you know, we have kind of been echoing throughout this offseason and um, coming into the season is, you know, really there's going to be a lot of good storylines to follow and there are going to be reasons to to watch this team this year. Um, and I think that they're going to they're going to have moments where they're exciting to watch. Um, and I think we've already seen that prove out even in you know the small sample size. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I, I mentioned you know, that who they've played so far, it's. It's about to get get sticky real quick. I mean, they've got three against the Phillies, three against Atlanta, three against the Phillies, then three more against Tampa. Uh, they do get a road trip to Pittsburgh, but then they get the Texas Rangers, who just spent a bajillion dollars over the last two winners, signing Jacob DeGrom and Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Um, a little respite potentially on the road against Oakland, although West Coast trips have always been detrimental to this team. Um, and then May rolls around, and May is just a – it's just a, it's a gauntlet. It's the Padres, the White Sox, the Mets, the Marlins, the Rockies. Well, maybe not the Rockies, but then you get the Yankees, the Cardinals, the Cubs, Boston, Milwaukee, and the Dodgers. And then Ooh. the Cardinals again, it gets, and they get yeah. the Astros. I mean, gets, you're you're going to have to play those teams at some point. Um, yeah. But, you know, yeah, I think that, but I, I think that this was a good, like, this is a good start to the year. And this is, you know, if this ends up being the high point of the season, so be it. And I think that's probably kind of what, you know, what we were expecting, to be honest. Um, but, you know, for now, let's enjoy it. And let's, oh, for sure. You know, let's, you know, see, let's see how it goes and let's see, let's see what these, uh, these guys can do. Yeah, absolutely. No doubt about it. Um, it's, uh, I, I was just, I was scrolling back looking um, how awful things kind of were last year. <laughs> when they got started and, and everything went so yeah. terrible so, so quickly. Um, and so much of that was because who they played and when they had to play it and they didn't open at home. Yeah. They opened on the road yeah. for 11, 11 of their first 13 games. And they started the season against Atlanta, Cleveland, the Dodgers, the Padres, the Cardinals, the Padres. And like the season was done right then. So maybe yeah. just maybe this soft opening and getting a chance to say, wait a minute, we're actually not the worst team in baseball. We can beat some dudes. Um, right might give them a little bit more of a platform as the season gets tougher yeah. to have a little bit more confidence and, and, and experience and, and know that camaraderie I, is there. I, mean, I, I think there's a lot to that. I mean, when you look at, you know, the last year being like, what it was, was it the first time ever that the Reds didn't finish or didn't start the season at home? You know, I, I, I just I think, think so, you, yeah, the, you the don't have that. Back, yeah. yeah it, that was the lockout year, but um, you know, it, you have that, 
I, I just think that the positivity of opening day in Cincinnati is, you know, I think we kind of take it for granted, um, you know, but when you look at last year and this year and just, you know, there wasn't a ton of there. I mean, there was a little, some enthusiasm, you know, early on in the season last year, but, um, but, you know, looking at the results, I mean, it's, it's amazing that, you know, basically, so the Reds last year won their third game. So the Reds are right now, as we, as we talk on April 5th, are three and two, they won their third game on April 24th last year. They won their fourth game on May 7th. (laughs) So let's like, let's just like appreciate how, you know, I think that that was a big storyline we were following coming in of, you know, Hey, would David Bell do this again? Uh, And, you know, by, I mean, it was such a low bar to clear, but they've definitely cleared it. Um, So, you know, I think that, Let's just kind of keep it up. And, you know, hopefully that means that this season will be less um, miserable. <laughs> for sure. Um, let's see if we can segue this real quick. Um, yeah. For as bad as the season was last year, injuries played such a huge part of it. I mean, the Reds were decimated by injuries. Every team has injuries, yes, but the 2022 Reds were faced with more injuries than any other team. Um, and so many of them are their key players. Knock on wood, knock on every bit of wood you could possibly reach to, there's no way that the injury situation this year could possibly be as bad or worse than it was last year. And even if it is, to the key players that the Reds have to have, guys like Jonathan India, guys like Tyler Stevenson, guys like Jake Fraley, who admittedly has looked really good when he's been healthy, which just was for barely a third of the season last year, um, Last year would not have been that bad if all three of those guys had been healthy for a full season. Right. And the 2023 Reds are going to be depending upon them to be healthy for a full season also. Last season would not have been as bad if Hunter Green or Nick Lodolo or Graham Ashcraft had been healthy for the full season. None of them were. They all missed some time. Um, the Reds are banking on a lot of guys who have never played full 162-game seasons uh, to be healthy for all of those. And those are five, six, six guys, I guess, who are who they're counting on. And if they are, I mean, if they are healthy for this year, yeah, there's a lot more promise than there ever would have been. There's a lot of things that could have been different last year if that six some had stayed healthy throughout the entire season as well. Uh, right. But we're going to get a chance to find out because that's not just the promise of this team. That Those are the anchors of this team. They really truly are. And, uh, you know, how well they can continue to put games together and pile them up, I think will go a long way to determining whether or not the Reds can, A, if they can discover what they really have in a big enough sample to make determinations for the future, but also to maybe some surprise some people because yeah. there is there is talent. There's a lot of talent in that, those six names yeah. I mentioned right there. And that doesn't even get to Spencer Steer and some of the TJ Friedel, some of the other guys who have shown what they can do when finally given a chance to play out there. So, um, yeah, yeah if from, from a positivity perspective, there haven't been a whole lot of things that we hoped would go right that have gone wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, that's not to say things haven't gone wrong, and I guess that's what we'll, right. we'll, we'll wrap up here with, is that the weak, <laughs> the, the weak spots on this roster, the spots that we looked at at the start of the season, we're like, I don't, yeah, I don't, that's that's not going to work. I don't, I don't know what they're thinking about there. Um the back end of the rotation in the bullpen has been 
exactly what bit, you'd expect. <laughs> exactly what you expect. And it's worth it's worth giving some credit to Luis Sessa here, who pitched pretty well last night in five five and a five and a third innings, five and two thirds innings. Um, five and a third. Yep. Five and a third. Uh, but he did so as the fifth starter. When in reality, he's supposed to be the third best reliever. You know, like that's yeah. if taking him out of the bullpen to put him in the rotation. It gives you something in the rotation, but it takes the, a bullpen that's already just beat the hell up, yeah, and takes I, one more dependable arm out of it. So, and I think that, and that's yeah, I think that's a good point. Like this, and when you put put that guy in the rotation, you know, you're not getting seven, eight innings out of that guy. You're getting five and a third, and right. so, and that, and you know, I I think that's probably pretty much what you're going to be able to expect from him. You know, maybe he gets to seven once this year. But, you know, I think most of the time you're going to see him in that four, five, six range. Um, and when you put someone like that, you know, bring them from the bullpen to the rotation, you really tax that that bullpen and that you end up with that so much more stress on that bullpen because those guys have to cover a lot more innings. Which isn't so much of a big deal when you've got a guy like Luis Sess in the bullpen who can go 45 right. pitches and pitch two innings <laughs> yeah. two, three times a week. But so, yeah, yeah it's like a, need it's that a guy in the bullpen, whammy. though. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, a, it's a double yeah. whammy. There. You'd rather have that, I think you'd rather have that guy in the bullpen if you can help it. But If you can, if you can help um, it, yeah. But, you know, I, I feel like that it was something that I think Luis Sessa had kind of asked for that opportunity. And, um, you know, I think he's shown himself well. I, you know, it, 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 he can continue to. If he can continue to put up the line of the five and a third and two two earned runs, then and you know you have the relief behind him that can help kind of pick up the rest of the game. You know, I I'm fully in support of keeping him him in the rotation if, if he can kind of continue to do what he's doing. Yeah, for sure. Like let's let's be frank here. I should I should qualify all this. Luis Sessa is not the problem here. Yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. He's been. He's been very serviceable and has been malleable as hell. So yeah, he's for sure. In all sorts for of sure. roles and has done an incredible job. And I think that's the kind of thing as he, you know, I mentioned there aren't a whole lot of pieces on the Reds that aren't necessarily long-term pieces. Um, he's nearing free agency also. And I think what he has shown and his versatility and his ability to be successful in those roles, he's going to get paid this offseason by somebody if he keeps this up, regardless of which role he finishes in, because we know he can be an effective reliever. Now he's shown he can be more than that, more power to him. Yeah for taking that on. I just wish he wasn't tasked with so much at this point. Right. And, you know, you look can't at, do it all. You can't <laughs> do it all by any means. Um, you look at, you look at what the Reds did and did not do this winter. Uh, what they did do on the pitching side was bank incredibly heavily on guys who were injured with histories of being injured, uh, coming back and being big, big parts of all of this. And I think that's a, that's, that's, that's the onus right. of why we're talking about this because, uh, there are no Justin Dunn. There's no Tony Santillan. There's no Lucas Sims. There's no TJ Antone yet. Um, Luke, all Luke Weaver. Guys, Luke Weaver. Luke Weaver, the Which, one. The who one, was supposed to be in the rotation. The one guaranteed money signing they, they actually doled out back there. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of reasons why the back of the rotation and Luis Sessi coming out of the bullpen mix, that's all been in flux. So um, it's just, it's, it, it's hard not to put on the I told you so cap when Injuries were the reason why we didn't trust us in the first place, and injuries were the reason why it's in a very iffy, iffy spot right now. Um, because that's that's where it is. And some of those guys will be back sooner than later. You know, Santiago apparently is 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 throwing again. And uh, I think 
I'm pretty sure he was actually uh, picked up on the AAA roster along with Nick Senzel uh, yesterday. So he's a guy who we might see sooner than later. We were still. Yeah, I think he, he pitched yesterday, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, he pitched yesterday. So. Uh, Weaver, Weaver's back throwing bullpen sessions again. So hopefully he's going to yeah. be back soon. So, um, yeah. But, other than done, it doesn't really seem like there's any long term weights uh, at this point. Into yeah. yeah. Two, two, two 60 day IL guys. Who, but who knows when Anton's coming back? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah, when I don't know if we're ever going to count on him. TJ coming back from second TJ is that's a, that's a tough <laughs> one. Um, but I mean, that's his name. That's yeah. Can't really, but can't, <laughs> can't argue. Yeah. Um, so the rest are going to have to weather that storm and I'm not really sure exactly how it's going to go, you know, because the one thing you don't really want to do, and we saw it on opening day with Hunter Green getting pulled after 83 pitches. Um, opening day, there was an off day scheduled the next day. So if ever there was a day to go to the bullpen early, it was that day. Um, but you're not going to be able to lean on this bullpen. You're not. There's just not right. a lot of – there's not a lot of guys you can lean on down there. And right. when they I mean, finally – right now, what, there's maybe three or four guys? Uh, Alexis Diaz is great. I, I really yeah, like that he brings right. to the table. Um, I mean, then, uh, you know, given what guys like Derek Law have done and, you know, got, you know, I guess you can kind of count on that like a little bit. But, yeah, there's, I, a, there, there's a lot of I, like I think everything else is, you know, you're kind of it's a lottery ticket every game and, you know, every inning uh, really with without without the roster, without the roster pulled up in front of me. I'm trying to remember exactly how many guys are down there that the Reds either signed to minor league deals or uh, that they signed, brought in, designated for assignment, and then put back on the roster when nobody claimed them. It's all of them. I know. I know. Every single one, I think. I I know that. I know that DFA'd Joel Kunal and Buck Farmer, and they both of them went unclaimed and both came back to the system and eventually got put back on the roster. Um, Yeah. It was a spring Spring guy. He was a spring I, guy. I have he no was, idea who where where Fernando Cruz came from. Uh I know he not pitched in the majors before he was 31, I and think. Until I saw him come out of the bullpen on uh yeah. opening day. So I mean, there's there's some promise down there. There is. I mean, some of these yeah. guys can throw hard. Um, but yeah. there's a reason why a lot of other teams had taken passes on these guys. And yeah. So there's and, just, I, and to your point, I mean, it it really is. You know, once you get to that, when you get to that stage of a game, you don't you don't have the kind of you know you don't have the game plan you know going forward once you take your starter out, and so and especially which is especially troublesome with just this young roster. Yeah, I mean, you know, the young the young big young three. pitching staff, all like, second year guys. The last thing I want is is uh, watching Graham Ashcraft, Nick Lodolo, and Hunter Green throw 112 pitches every start because they've got to get through the sixth. You know, like because uh, yeah. that's not what totally that's not see what... Hunter Green grinding it one out and you know ended up giving up five or six earned runs and you know where he should have been out a while ago if because he didn't have it. But yeah. you you didn't have the arms to. I, I mean, I think that what we'll end up seeing is the just constant rotation of of arms in the bullpen we've already seen it um even just you know today right with uh kevin hergett i think they brought up they did yeah the option um, joel kudel after joel had to mop up last night yeah yeah um, so i think we're just gonna see a pretty 
pretty active uh, I-71 between uh, Cincy and Louisville. Yep. The only thing that I think would, would obviously kick that door down is if guys like Andrew Abbott and guys like Brendan Williamson can can hit the ground running this year. And we've not had a chance to really see them yet, and we will because minor league season, I mean, AAA started a couple days ago when Raid was cooperating, but the rest of minor league season will get going here soon. And and those are guys who I think will eventually impact the big league roster if everything goes well at some point this year. Um, but it's, you know, while, while you're waiting for them to get seen for the first time and you're seeing the obvious flaws in what the Reds have right now, it's uh, it's hard to kind of twiddle yeah. your thumbs and, and wait <laughs> for that because it's, uh, it's a pretty glaring weakness right now, which, you know, fortunately for rainouts and, and off days and everything else, it looks like, uh, well, for one, the Phillies game that was supposed to be tomorrow. The Phillies home opener has already been called due to rain. So it's going to be a Friday game now. So we'll have a Friday, Saturday, Sunday series in Philadelphia after the Cubs game got canned today, which means despite the fact the Reds are leaving Great American Ballpark, heading out against a, a team that made the World Series last year and then spent $300 million on Trey Turner, they're going to have Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft lined up to go against that roster. So um, and, know, a, if it, and a rested bullpen. And a rested bullpen, which hopefully they won't need as much as – I'm sure they're going to need, but uh, they will be rested for that. So, um, so yeah, I mean, three and two Reds team, I think given, given everything that we just talked about, positives, negatives, uh, frustrations and flourishes and everything else, it's hard not to be pretty satisfied with a three and two start. Um, yeah. I mean, if, where, if where things somebody are. would have told uh, you that the Reds would be three and two at this point a week ago when, you know, we recorded before opening day, I think, uh, I think you would have taken it. I would have said kick ass and thank God that I waited uh, 12 months to start redoing a podcast and timed it for, for this start because uh, anything less than that would have been so frustrating. So yeah. um, no, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm glad about the way they played and, and admittedly at times they've looked like they looked like the better team against Pittsburgh. They did. They yep. really did. And uh, despite the bullpens implosion in the second game against the Cubs, when Luis Sessa walked off the mound, they had a three, one lead in the, the sixth inning against the Cubs after um, yeah, the can't, After making yeah. making the right calls and coming back to win the night before, um, so there's there's ample positivity there. Uh, I, I I'm excited about a lot of what we've seen, and we haven't even really talked about you know some of the other guys, uh, guys like Spencer Steer, who um, really his patience at the plate and his ability to hit balls out at least out of Great American Ballpark has been tremendous so far. Um, Tyler Stevenson's been like the fifth best offensive player so far this year, but he's looked good. Like yeah. so. I mean, yeah, he's he's living up to expectations, you know, not in being a big part of this offense, just like, you know, I think we were hoping he would. So and we, and we, we haven't even it gotten took to us, like, what, 32 minutes to even talk about him. So and we haven't we haven't gotten to the the uh, inevitable uh, 2020 season of, of TJ Friedel, um, which has been like it. Yeah. Kick ass to watch also. Um, and yeah, you know, in the next week uh, we're going to get Joey Votto back. We might get Nick Senzel back, Tony Santion back, uh, and see where things go from there. So it's uh, yeah. given where things were, it's yeah. pretty damn rosy watching the Reds right now. Yeah, so. I feel like we're we're kind of playing with house money a little bit, and you know I think that it will be important to keep that in mind as we go into Philly on their you know opening home opener weekend. <laughs> And, After uh, they started the season although, really, really, uh, really, really poorly too. They're yeah. they're due. They're very much due. Yeah. I mean, right after they just did, they just get swept by the Yankees. 
Uh, did they lose again today? I don't know. I, was I didn't see, yeah, I didn't see what they did today, but they were one um, and four going into it. That much I know. So yeah, they're uh, I thought, I they're, think they won. Yeah, I think they they won today, but they okay. won today. Okay, so two and yeah. four Philly squad, but but the the Reds are going to miss Aaron Nola. I guess he might pitch uh, might pitch the last game of the series. I, I don't have that lined up in front of me, but either way, uh, they're they're up against uh, legit big league road baseball uh, from from here going forward and. We'll find out how much of this carries over. So, but week one, yeah. I'm going to chalk that up to a damn, damn good success. So, yeah. Uh, even, cool. I mean, even if they're going to miss Aaron Nola, though, they're, they still got, they, I think they'll get Zach Wheeler and Taiwan Walker at least. So, oh, oh yeah. Those, those are the really good pitchers that the Phillies <laughs> yeah. have. It's, uh, it's not going to be all sunshine heroes. <laughs> oh, yeah. That part. Oh, got to have five man rotations in baseball, don't you? Yeah. Um, Cool. Anything else? Uh, I don't think so, man. Ex- yeah. Excited to kind of see how this goes and, you know, be following uh, this weekend. Yeah. There could be some rush matches coming up. No doubt about it. But yeah. I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I, at least the first week has, has, I think, given me the concept that while there will be rough patches, because a lot of this is just young players playing, um, I don't think anybody out there is overmatched. You know, yeah. they might not be. They might not be great, but they're not going to be overmatched. And that just means you got to take your lumps when you take them and get back to going at it. But there's some promising, promising aspects of this Reds club, which is, which is very, yeah. very cool. I mean, I think we've seen more kind of just that fight back instinct on this team than I think I feel like I've seen in the last two seasons. Underdog you story. Know. Yeah. Hell, I think, why not, so, right? You know, exactly. Why not? Why not us? Right. Let's, why not let's them? So. <laughs> Uh, well, cool. Well, uh, like and subscribe where you hear us. You can find us on uh, Spotify, Apple. You can find us literally everywhere where there are podcasts. I learned more about that last week as we made um, the Walks Will Hot transition over to megaphone hosting and getting everything else lifted everywhere. So you should be able to find us in all of the podcast boxes you look for podcasts in going forward. Um you can follow us a lot of different places now. We're trying to get some of those going as well. Um, we actually created a Twitter handle for this particular uh, podcast. It's at WalksHauntFFSN, which is an uh, uh, a nod to Fans First Sports Network, which we are a part of going forward. Um, you can read all of our stuff over at Red Reporter, where we will also have these listed and linked to as often as we possibly can. Um, follow us at Red Reporter on Twitter as well. And uh, yeah, we'll be in your inboxes uh, at least once a week, if not more, as we begin the minor league season and have a little bit more to talk about with this prospect leading Cincinnati Reds uh, system. Uh, But for BK, I'm Wick. Thanks for listening and we'll catch you next week.